three massive Cairodi warships float in the waters in the harbor outside of Istomavana. They're anchored around one another as the captains of each are meeting aboard the flagship, Fleet Admiral Magnus Cassidy's Ironclad. The Admiral is pouring more liquor into the cups of the other two captains, Captain Vega of the Chimera and Commander Gavin of the Warden. We're running low on good Cairodi rum, and I loathe to think what these backwater islanders consider quality. Captain Vega responds, Sir, I know we're here until the society completes their research, but tell me again why we aren't just claiming the village with cannon and cutlass. Because, Captain Vega, we don't need to. These people, their village, their products, it's all worthless to us. That rare iron up there, though? That's what, and all heads on deck, look up at the sky islands in the distance as a beam of light shoots into the fog and clouds, which begin to churn, darken, and roil. That's unexpected. Meanwhile, on the Isle of Istomavana, the light that shines into the sky is just as unexpected, but not as mysterious. The islanders recognize that light and the storm that is brewing for what it is. Bleak mists or not, this is mystical. Dine's grandmother knows this is likely tied to Dine, and all of the people of the village begin moving to shelter themselves from the storms that are going to be radiating out from the Sky Isle. Many of them are running in, tying down everything they can, and we actually see many of them adjusting their wind vanes to convert the energy from the winds that will be picking up and blowing across the village. But they all hunker down in preparation of what is to come. On the island of Gamadar, in the seas beneath the Sky Isle portion of it, we see the Eldarian resistance members hacking through jungles. We see the Morian on their small windsurfing-style individual crafts navigating the dense mangroves along the shore. And suddenly the light changes the color of the sky, and swells of storm clouds cast dark shadows over all members of the Resistance on the island half of Gamadar. They look up in panic. The camera follows their gaze up to the sky, and it looks like we're heading towards the Isle of Gamadar where Dine has just activated this Sky Iron Spear. But before we get there, on a nearby Sky Island, the chipping of a pick on stone rings out, and one of the researchers from the Sinosher Society breaks off a piece of natural stone around a Sky Iron deposit. The others are conducting an experiment with another piece, which appears to be empowering an intricate clockwork mechanism Nearby, a cart full of more sky iron sits filled to the top, and then suddenly, the flash of lightning illuminates the fog beyond the edge of the sky island, and that light shines up. The fog begins to surge and change colors, viscosity swirling dangerously. One of the researchers runs to a tripod scope and swivels it in the direction of Gamadar's sky island. They turn back and say, Lector Thorne, ma'am, the light is coming from the island we left Meizu on. What do you want us to do? And an older woman, with her hair pulled back and thick glasses, 
looks to the younger researcher who just asked her the question and cocks her head to the side and says, Oh, the Uktani one? No matter. Observe. Take notes. Girls like that are inconsequential. Moments like these inspire history. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Iron Sworn Sundered Isles. Sorry for the tease there in the intro. I know everybody's waiting to hear what's going to happen to Dine and crew of the venture up there with their new acquaintance, the research assistant from the Sinosher Society, as Dine has awoken this elemental force. And don't worry, we are going to get to that very, very shortly. But first, an exciting announcement about Ironsworn Sundered Isles. I know I've talked about it multiple times since I started this series that there's going to be a crowdfunding event soon, and you will be able to get your copy of it if you didn't back Starforged on Kickstarter. So I have word that the crowdfunding event should be happening sometime around March, that you'll be able to back Sundered Isles and get your copy of it either digital or physical, and there will be the option to add on Starforged physical or digital and the various assets and things that come with that as add-ons to that crowdfunding event. So that's very exciting. You'll be able to get Sundered Isles yourself, hopefully pretty soon. And if you can't wait or you're just interested in seeing Starforged, which Sundered Isles is based on and is a setting expansion for, there is a pre-order on Modifius's website where they are going to be doing another print run so you can get your hands on a physical copy of Starforged. So go check that out, and I hope that this is getting everyone excited to try their own Sundered Isles campaigns. You know, I can't wait to hear other people's where they're doing it much more true to the piratey form, but in the meantime, let's talk about what we did last time. After returning from the Isle of Gamadar, the crew of the venture seeks medical help for Ephraim, who has become infected with a seed of the puppet vine that attacked the crew when they were exploring the sea portion, the land portion of Gamadar. Unfortunately for Ephraim, they did need to amputate his arm, but he is going to get a cool prosthetic eventually when we can resupply. And Dine and Laulo met with the other leaders of the resistance, Kimora, leader of the Morian, the native resistance fighters to these islands that use the swarm tactics with the windsurfing individual crafts, and Finn of the Eldarian Resistance, cousin of Ephraim, and leader of one of the last holdout resistance crews here in the reaches against the Kairodi Dominion. These leaders decided that Gamadar, unfortunately, posed the most promising place for a new headquarters of the resistance so that way they could draw the heat off of the island of Istomavana and the innocent folks who are living there. So, Last session, Dine, Laulo, and Ephraim returned to the Isle of Gamadar with Kaimora and the Morian and Finn and the Eldarian Resistance, but this time the other Resistance members took the sea portion of the island, and Dine and crew of the Venture took to the skies to investigate the skyward half of Gamadar, which was ripped out of the ocean 
and now hangs in the skies nearby thanks to the cataclysm and some incredible, powerful event that has something to do with the war that started centuries ago. While exploring the Sky Island, Dine and crew observed a research assistant, someone working with the Sinosha Society because they are up here studying these Sky Islands, and there was a spear stuck half-first in the ground that was drawing the attention of this research assistant, and Dine confronted her and said, you don't want to touch that. This is important to my people. You need to let me do this. And surprisingly convinced her. She seemed guilty and kind of wary, obviously, of the crew, but eventually backed away to let Dine grab on to the spear, which unfortunately reacted to his mystic abilities, his sorceress talents, and launched a beam of light into the sky, awakening in the fog, bleak mists, and a terrible elemental force. So that is where we find ourselves, and what happens next is a very good question, and how we are going to handle it is also a good question from a mechanic standpoint. So I love writing myself into these very epic, very uh-oh moments, and then you gotta find out how the system wants to handle that kind of action. Now, obviously, we could go into another combat like we've done on the island against the Puppet Vine, but I don't think that's necessarily the way to do this because I don't think we're going to be fighting a giant elemental cloud. Instead, I think this represents probably the first of Dine's mystic trials. He inadvertently started it with his friends nearby, and now he's going to have to deal with it and keep not only himself safe and figure out how to pass this portion of the trial, but also protect his friends. So I'm going to do this as a scene challenge. This is an alternative way to approach extended non-combat scenes. And while this is definitely gonna have hints of combat in it probably, it's not a direct confrontation 1v1 you know, we're not going to defeat this cloud with Dine's short swords. And the rules here even say these work well when there's a time limit or looming danger adds extra urgency. This is, in my opinion, the perfect way to handle this. It kind of abstracts the second to second and focuses more on, oh no, we need to do this thing fast. So to reflect that, we're going to be working with another tension clock. To start a scene challenge, you make the begin the scene move, which reads, when you face an extended or complex challenge, name your objective and choose a rank as appropriate to the situation. We do not have a clear advantage. We are not ready to act. I would say we are unprepared or outmatched, which makes this a formidable challenge. We are only ticking two lines per mark of progress. Real quick, Rainy jumping in here, and I do again at the end to acknowledge that I did get this wrong and I was marking half the amount of progress I was supposed to. Oops. Then, activate a four-segment tension clock and face danger or secure an advantage to take action. And this is definitely going to be facing danger. We are not securing any advantage. We are caught off guard by the reaction of this spear to Dine's sorceress talents. So we are going to 
Open right away with, when you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat within a scene challenge, envision your action and roll. Oh boy. And this is not an easy choice, because I can see this going a few different ways. We could react with speed to take cover from the storm that is coming, but I think that Dine is acting with resolve, because he has touched this and he feels immediately that oh no, I did not realize what I was doing, but he also understands what this means. And now he also knows I need to be the one who's going to be doing anything about this because my friends are in trouble and they need me. So I think resolve works here. So we're going to be rolling plus heart, which is plus two. It's one of our better stats. Let's see what happens. A three plus two for a five versus a six and a three on the challenge dice, which is a weak hit. So on a weak hit, you are successful and mark progress, but also encounter a complication or setback. Oh no, and then it says, envision what occurs and fill a clock segment. So we are already 25% of the way to disaster. So Dine holds this spear, and as the light shoots into the clouds and begins changing all of this fog into a violent elemental that just becomes a storm cloud raging above them with eyes of bright blue crackling energy almost looking down at this group he holds firm to this spear and attempts to get some kind of control over this power and he's having a little bit of luck he can feel the energy as it's coursing through him but he is distracted by his friends nearby and he calls out and he says get out of here get to the venture now this is my fight and i think the complication is who does oh boy a little outside the scope of the scene challenge but it is in the adventure moves which use similar words i am going to attempt to compel my friends I'm going to say it works immediately on the research assistant, who we learned their name and a little bit about them in the little prologue I did before this episode started, but the crew of the venture still has no idea who she is, so I'm going to roll compel and use this to see how Laulo and Ephraim react. We are using this with... It doesn't seem like it makes the most sense, but I do think it is heart, because I'm going to call this bartering with them. He just kind of looks at them and gives them a look that says like I know you want to help but trust me I don't see how we're going to get through this if this isn't about me and my abilities and he pleads with them so this is heart compelling Laulo and Ephraim a two plus two for a four versus a two and a five on the challenge dice for a weak hit and I got it ready the complication is they agree and they begin to run and the research assistant begins following them but do you know who doesn't follow tam dine's monkey tamarin jumps onto his back and holds tight and dine smiles and says tamarin really not the time but all right let's do this with our friends making their way towards the venture which again they had to land in a small glade. Remember with those butterflies, it's going to be difficult for them to get out of here. Plus, I assume they're waiting for Dine, but we will see what happens. I think that I'm going to say 
that we are securing an advantage for the purposes of the scene challenge here because our friends have gotten out of immediate danger zone. And we are going to attempt to gain leverage within the scene challenge. And we're going to do that with one of Dine's worst stats. And I think we're going to do this with expertise, focus, or observation. And this is fitting because he knows this is tied to his sorcery. He can feel it coursing through him. And he's had a little bit of experience. He's done a little bit with his sorcerer's abilities, but he has no control over them, really. It's mostly just kind of fight or flight response or little things that he's learned here and there. But he needs to call on that expertise now. So we're rolling plus wits, only plus one on this one. Let's see what we can do. Huge roll, five plus one for a six versus a three and a four on the challenge dice for a strong hit on this secure and advantage. So on a hit, you are successful. On a strong hit, take plus two momentum and plus one on your next move. That brings our momentum up to eight, which is no joke for the purposes of probably going to need to burn that in this scene challenge for sure. And I think that Dine pulls this spear out of the ground and is now holding it in his hands. And when he pulls it out, he actually finds that it's almost more like a double-sided blade. For those of you who played Chrono Cross for the PlayStation, the main character has this cool weapon, I think it's called a swallow or something like that, which look more like oars, which is incredibly fitting for this series. And it's actually... It makes sense now that the blade of this spear was so wide, and now there's another wide one at the bottom. It's almost like an oar. And as Dine feels it in his hands, he can feel the air around him, and every movement of this spear almost feels like he can direct air in concentrated ways. Meanwhile, the fog is constantly turning more and more into this bleak mists. And that crackling of lightning is getting closer and closer as it moves through the clouds towards Dine and this sky isle. And Dine looks at Tam and goes, I don't really know what to do here, but do you want to do something dumb? And Tam smiles and lets out a laugh. And we are going to face danger, and this time we're going to do it with Edge. We are moving around, and we are going to be using this strange oar-like spear to basically direct air all over the place and attempt to dissipate this fog. Here goes, we are rolling with our best stat, facing danger, we get plus one to this roll, thanks to the secure and advantage. And that will be a two plus four on the die for a six against a four and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So we get to mark progress, which brings us to our first box. Oh boy, it's slow going here, but I think this trial is going to evolve as we get going because in scene challenges, you really only have a few options. And I think they're supposed to move pretty quickly. But again, if this is formidable, then clearly it's about doing a good amount before the scene challenge is over. But I think what this looks like is it's working. Dine is swinging this spear around in a way that it almost feels natural to him. He told the research assistant last episode, he said, I don't know how to use a spear. But now that he's feeling it in his hands and the magic is coursing through him, he gets it. It's almost like something, the air that it is able to control is helping him move. And it is blasting currents of air around and dissipating portions of this fog. But it just 
keeps swelling. It's not getting rid of it, it's just pushing it back from closing in all around Dine, and he needs to do something more. And we're going to go back to securing an advantage. This time, we are going to attempt to gain leverage by using this spear, this ore, and the magic that it enhances in Dine. And again, I know I'm a glutton for punishment. I think he's getting a little nervous and a little angry because he doesn't know what to do. So we are going to gain leverage with aggression and he is going to pump all of his strength, magical and physical, into a kind of spin and swirl to just blast back as much of this as possible. And this is going to use his sorcerer ability when you gain ground or secure an advantage by creating a minor mystical effect. So if we succeed, I'm going to also roll plus spirit. So here goes, let's see, rolling plus iron on this. And that is a four plus one for a five on the action dice versus a six and a seven on the challenge dice for a miss. But I'm going to burn my momentum and replace my action score with the eight momentum that I had, resetting it to two and turning that into a strong hit. So we mark progress and we get to take plus two momentum and plus one on our next move. And I'm going to roll plus spirit now because of my sorcerer ability and see what happens. That is a four plus three for a seven versus two twos on the challenge dice, which actually gets an additional benefit on a strong hit, take plus one momentum. And it says on a match, you learn something of the magic's nature through an unexpected boon or harrowing backlash. Okay, well, I think that because this was a strong hit, it's going to be an unexpected boon. Let's go ahead and roll on some oracles to see what this boon is, what we learn about magic. Let's go. This seems like a descriptor focus, so we're going to roll two D100. Six is ancient. 74 is settlement. Oh, we kind of knew that already because of what we found, I believe, on the sea island portion of Gamadar was that there were remnants of an ancient civilization on this island. Let's roll one more time and see what happens. 97, unstable. 72, ruins. Oh my gosh, okay. Well, sure, we have an ancient settlement, unstable ruins, the Sinosha Society doing strange monitoring well and reactivity experiments on this isotopic sky iron. Yeah, this makes all the sense in the world. We have pissed off the island itself and whatever power lies within this strange, rare form of iron that the Kairoti clearly have ideas and uses for that are not natural. And it is manifesting in an incredibly violent reaction to magic being channeled through this sky iron. And Dine has to do something about it for his trial. Wow. 
I think that's enough to mark progress on our Mystic Trials vow. But let's continue to the problem at hand. We have secured an advantage with a strong hit by using our magic in just a violent outburst. And we also found out Ancient Settlement unstable environment. I think that by doing this, we have caused some structural damage to the environment itself with this blast of air that is way more powerful than anything Dine has done so far with his powers. Uh-oh. I think that the blast of air has caused rubble and various bits of rock that were up here that have been dislodged by the installations by the Sinosha Society to kind of, they started to tumble and they started to roll and kind of just fly across what is now becoming this little battlefield for Dine. But I think that in reacting to the atmospheric changes of this storm coming, you know when a storm's coming and you can kind of just feel it in the air, either like the humidity or just pressure in the air just feels different. I think that these rocks any of them that have any kind of sky iron deposits in them whatsoever just begin to float around the battlefield all around Dine. And now Dine is going to have to face danger because these stones act like projectile weapons that the storm is going to fling. So obviously we are facing danger with mobility or agility. We are rolling with edge against this attack from the storm. That is a six on the action die, plus three, plus one for our extra thing, which is a 10 total, but one of our die is a 10 for the challenge dice. So that is only a weak hit. We do mark progress, but there's a complication or setback. We fill a clock segment. We are halfway to uh-oh, with only two and a half boxes of progress marked. I could just say that we are going to take some damage from this, and I think that that's probably fine and accurate, but I'm also going to roll on pay the price just to see if anything interesting comes up. We haven't rolled that a whole lot in this campaign, and it is a totally valid way to get consequence options. A six. You encounter signs of a looming threat. Okay, so Dine is going to take one harm from this. Normally Formidable would deal more, but we're going to add on the additional consequence of all of this and we have not cut to the crew of the Venture and the research assistant fleeing to the Venture itself. And I think that they are getting close when all of a sudden debris and rubble just fly through and they are running through the jungle, but there is just rocks hitting branches and branches falling and wind lashing around and they are struggling to get to the Venture. And when they finally do get there, there is a tree that has been wind thrown and is partially leaning on the side rail of the venture and they're going to have to get it off of the ship before they can take off and they look at one another Ephraim and Laulo say do we wait do we just go what do we do and they're starting to panic meanwhile back with Dine the battlefield has totally changed the area where this spear was stuck into the ground is now a floating minefield of dangerous rocks that are hovering in the air in reaction to this storm, and Dine is not sure what to do. He can do little things with this ore-like spear and use gusts of air to shoot him all over the place, but he's done that a few times, and he's realized that 
while it's protecting him in the short term, it's doing nothing in the long term to stop this storm. So he looks up at the storm itself, and he's going to assess the situation, securing an advantage with observation, which again is with wits, not our best stat, so we're rolling plus one here, but we gotta figure out something. That is a five on the action die, plus one for a six versus a one and a three on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So on a strong hit, we take both, not a match, so we get plus two momentum and plus one on our next move. Dine is starting to realize that if this is a trial and he's thinking about all of the ways that sorcery should work and what's important about it in his culture and in the world around him, and sure, it can be used to fight like this. But he's looking around and this storm is testing him. And if all of the trouble is coming from this storm, as opposed to spreading it around the way he has, why not channel it into one place? And he, maybe foolishly, looks to the storm and holds the spear up and says, is this what you want? Come on. Go ahead then. And like a lightning rod, beckons the storm to strike. This is dumb, but I think this is pretty cool. Let's see what happens. Now, here's the thing. This could be rolling with iron to endure this hit, but it could also be rolling with deception or trickery if the plan is to react fast enough to redirect this lightning strike, if it happens, right? So maybe we need to roll one more thing. Maybe we need to secure another advantage. And this is why this game is so great, because I could do it with command, right? I am attempting to magically command this storm to attack me. Or we could do it with deception or trickery with shadow. Either way for the secure advantage, I'm gonna say that if we get a strong hit, then we can face danger with shadow. If we get a weak hit, we're going to have to face it with endurance. And if we get a miss, well, okay, let's, let's just not miss. Here goes. Ready? We're going to command the storm. This is Dine's trial. This is testing him. And he is renegotiating the terms. Rolling plus heart. A four plus two plus the additional one for the last secure and advantage observation success versus a five and a two on the challenge dice. Another strong hit, let's go. So we get another plus two momentum. We get another plus one on our next move, which is going to be as this thing strikes at Dine and the double-ended spear, he is going to react fast enough to channel the magic, channel the air and redirect this lightning bolt. Facing danger with shadow. A five plus two plus one for an eight versus a nine and a four on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we are successful and we mark progress. We also encounter a complication, which is obviously going to be that, yeah, we thought we could draw a lightning strike or something from this storm and redirect it harmlessly. But of course we cannot redirect it harmlessly. We redirect it and it hits something and that something is going to be a problem. We have to fill another clock segment, which brings us to three out of four. So we are dangerously close to this just going poorly, or at least coming to an end. And 
What is it we hit? Let's roll descriptor focus and just see if anything makes sense. 92 is a subsurface. Okay, so we're gonna blast something out of the ground. 50 is machine. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. So what did we just say in the prologue? The Sinosha Society was using this sky iron to empower some kind of small clockwork device. We said in the episode zero world creation, choosing our truths, that maybe some people have like clockwork automatons. The Kairodi Dominion used this fuel source, oh, to win the war. Oh my gosh, this is, this just all came together. And we are sitting on an ancient settlement, unstable environment. This, oh gosh. The lightning bolt redirects and hits the ground. Dine thinks he just redirected it perfectly. He was like, nice, nothing's gonna happen. He blasted a hole in the ground. And all of a sudden, half exposed, in the rubble now is something that makes zero sense to dine some kind of mechanical contraption and it is reacting to not only the lightning but the presence of sky iron the magic that is ambient in the air right now it is not activated but it is clearly not completely functionless oh my goodness we have three boxes of progress filled, and we are rapidly approaching the end of this scene because of this tension clock filling. Dine is feeling overwhelmed. He is hoping that his friends have safely made it to the venture and are going to be able to make an escape, but he needs to deal with this trial. And he is not sure what to do. Dine is standing there holding this double-ended spear. He's looking at it in his hands. He can feel the power that it is giving him, the control, the expanded use of his sorcery in a way that is very tempting to hold onto and just keep swinging. But I think that part of Dine thinks about when they got here and it was just stuck in the ground. And he looks to where this lightning bolt has uncovered some lost relics, some machinery, some ancient civilizations technology and he looks at the ground beneath his feet and then he looks back up at the clouds which are once again swirling the electricity charging up for another attack he nods and Tamron jumps off of his shoulders and runs over to the spot where they pulled the spear out in the first place and Tamron is pointing to the ground and Dine says I think you're right Tam we're going to attempt to make preparations to once again goad this storm into striking us. This time we're going to do it with trickery and roll plus shadow. Mechanically it's the same, still plus two. Here goes. A five plus two for a seven versus a five and a nine on the challenge dice for a weak hit. On a weak hit I can only choose one of either take two momentum or plus one on my next move. I am going to take plus two to my momentum to bring it up to nine so that way if anything goes wrong on this next one I can burn it if need be and now we are going to face danger and this time we are going to do it plus iron with endurance because we are going to slam this spear back in the ground where it came from to 
act as a ground to this lightning bolt and attempt to basically just draw out the strength of this storm. Here goes. Rolling plus iron, only plus one on this one, but we have a lot of momentum. A six on the action die, plus one for a seven, versus a five and a four on the challenge dice for a strong hit. We mark progress, and the storm is drawn into this spear, which then shoots into the ground. So a strong hit, no complications, but I do think that I've uncovered something underneath the surface, and I'm wondering now what this spear is channeling all of this power into, but we have to get to that in a second. And now Dine is weaponless against a storm, so useless. Unsure of what to do, Dine looks down at Tam, and Tamron walks up close to Dine and holds up her hand, which Dine holds, and then his eyes go back to the skies and look at this angry, roiling, elemental storm. He cannot figure out what it is he's supposed to do. He's had no real formal training in his mystic arts, in his sorcery, but he knows that he's supposed to undergo these trials and figure it out. He thought maybe he was doing something right with redirecting the lightning and using the ore-like spear to command air, but it's only led to more destruction. And I'm thinking about these trials, and I have an idea that I think there's going to be obviously more than one, and I think that Dine is feeling like he's already hopeless. He thinks he's not going to be able to do this, and he looks up almost accepting defeat at this cloud and he just takes a deep breath and waits and I'm going to make this a roll where I'm going to attempt to secure an advantage by assessing the situation when he takes this deep breath it is with expertise focus or observation we are rolling plus wits which is only plus one for dine but maybe he notices something. We still have that nine momentum, so this might work out, even if we have to burn it. Oh no. A five plus one for a six on the action score, but a nine and a 10 on the challenge dice, meaning even if we burn this momentum, that's a miss. On a miss, you fail or your assumptions betray you. Fill a clock segment and pay the price. We have to fill our final clock segment. And I don't think, I think the assumptions don't betray Dine. I think he realizes as soon as he does this, the point of the trial, but the failure, let's see what the pay the price is. 93, you are delayed or put at a disadvantage. Okay. This is a mystic trial. Okay, I got an idea. Dine takes a deep breath. A resolved inhalation of acceptance. Powerlessness. Defeat. In the face of this elemental storm. And when he takes this deep breath, he feels the air. The air he's been controlling with this spear. 
with this piece of sky iron, this weaponry, this conduit of the storm. The storm being air. When high pressure and low pressure air meets, that's what causes storms. And when he takes this deep breath in, it fills his lungs. And when his lungs fill with this deep breath, the storm almost swells and begins to dissipate. He thinks about everything since he's touched this spear. His initial response was this just surge of power. And that surge of power manifested itself in the surging clouds and storm. His fear took over. It turned into a storm. His panic was the chaos. His anger was the damage he was dealing all over the place. But his calm is the control. And he's taken this deep breath in. And he can feel the air. He can feel everything about it. The pressure. The humidity. The wind. He grabs the spear again. Tam's hand in one hand, the spear in the other. And Dine begins breathing. The pay the price is that it is delayed because he is going to need to figure out how to control this at all. And we have filled the final clock segment, meaning we need to roll to finish this scene. When the scene challenge, tension clock, or the progress track is filled, you need to roll the challenge dice and compare to your progress. Because this was a formidable scene challenge, we only got to three total progress boxes filled. It is not looking good, but you never know. Here goes, rolling the challenge dice against three. A four and a five on the challenge dice for a miss. You fail or are undermined by a dire turn of events. Pay the price. 59. Your equipment or vehicle malfunctions. Oh no. So we cut back to the venture. Laulo and Ephraim are doing their best to move this tree that has fallen atop the venture. And Ephraim, with his one hand, is attempting to shoulder most of the weight and push. And Laulo is doing her best to basically prep everything to go. And the research assistant is helping Ephraim however they can. And the three of them are struggling, but eventually Ephraim hefts this tree off the side of the venture and it takes some damage but as Lalo begins to start getting the venture up and ready to go she looks to Ephraim and says bad news that storm destroyed our battery we don't have any power we're not getting off this sky island we cut back to Dine who is holding the spear in one hand and Tamron has climbed up and is eyes closed, almost in a look of equal focus to Dine as he is breathing, and we can almost see air swirling about him and this spear. When the camera shifts from the look of concentration on his face and the close-up on him to spin around and look to the skies above the sky island, it is once again just seemingly benign fog. He pulls the spear from the ground 
and looks to Tam and says, Let's go find our friends. Now we said that Dine lost track of time in his focus and learning to control his breathing and this air trial. Ooh, you know what? It's the storm trial. Maybe there's three... Oh, we're writing it right now. There's three trials that the sorcerers need to do. They're mystic trials here in the Islands of the Reaches. There's the trial of the storm. There's the trial of the sea. And there's the trial of the land. So having completed this, Dine is feeling pretty good. But at the same time, he's nervous about his friends. And we don't know how long he was lost in that deep breathing. Obviously, it wasn't like hours, but it was long enough that it took the time for the storm to dissipate. And I'm going to ask the Oracle, I'm going to say it's almost certain that someone, one of the other factions, has sent a skyship towards this sky isle of Gamadar to investigate. So let's go ahead and roll. A 90 or less is a yes. I rolled a 90 on the dot. So that is a yes, but I don't think, I think I'm going to interpret that as, since it's just barely a yes, I think that they're still far away, which would mean that it has to be the Cairodi Dominion. And it is obvious, you can see them coming from a long ways away. They might assume it's the researchers. Why would they assume it's anything but? So they're going to check on what they were sent here to protect. And to the crew of the venture, that is terrifying. Because they can't get off this island in the sky without their battery. Dine is running towards his friends, and I think that they are running towards Dine with the bad news that the Dominion is sending a skyship to this island. We need to figure something out as soon as possible. Tam claps her hands over her mouth in a look of shock and surprise and worry. And Dine looks at Laulo and Ephraim and the new research assistant and says, Do you trust me? I have an idea. And he looks at the research assistant and says, You're welcome to join us if you want to get off this sky island. But I'd really appreciate if you don't tell the people who are coming here anything about us. And the research assistant says, Are you kidding me? After what I just saw? That was both terrifying and also incredibly eye-opening to me. My name is Meizu. You can call me May. I'm not Kairoti. I just work with them. My people were one of the earliest taken over, and we found a way to work ourselves into society, and I thought that they were doing something important, but you've reminded me of what my people really stand for. I'm part of the Uktani, and we're sworn to protect the sacred sites and relics of the ancients. And what I just saw, I can't walk away from. Can I stay with you? And Dine smiles and says, Yeah, sorry about that. I think I might have figured it out, though. And I think we pretty much have to try something really, really stupid. And Laulo looks at him with a stern look and says, You better not get us killed. And if you wreck the venture, sorcerer or not, I'm going to beat you up. And Dine smiles big and says, Well, no pressure, I guess. 
And we see the crew getting back onto the venture, and Dine begins breathing. And he is swinging this double-ended spear, and he is beginning to control and work the air. And he begins blowing it into the sails of the venture. And he's going to attempt to fly it like a windbinder. Now, technically, I do not have this asset yet, and I can get it if I get some experience. I'm hoping that in the next few rolls of maybe making progress rolls on some vows and doing a few things that maybe I can get the experience to do this. But regardless, it is desperate times, and I'm going to have Dine attempt to roll it. But what I'm going to do is until I can secure this windbinder asset, I am going to treat a strong hit as if it was a weak hit and a weak hit as if it was a miss. So it's not going to be pretty regardless, but here goes. It does say, when you bind the winds to your will, roll plus edge. So we have a good stat going into it. Here goes. And I'm going to burn that momentum to make that a strong hit, which I will treat as a weak hit, which says the winds are fair. Take plus two momentum. So it's not perfect. It's not pretty. But Dine gets the venture in the air and begins attempting to bring it down to the sea again. So Lalo can navigate with her skills. Now, the Kairoti is on the way. Not sure if they see us or not, but Dine is just trying to bring the venture down to the sea portion of Gamadar. Maybe if they're lucky, they can hide in the mangroves or sail around the far side of the island to avoid notice. And because we rolled a effectively weak hit, I'm going to say that we do get down there, but we're going to have to deal with Kimura and Finn and the resistance leaders. So I'm going to roll a few things here before I engage in the roleplay of that scene. First off, we are going to face danger with Shadow to hide from the Kairoti Dominion. A 6 plus 2 for an 8 against a 2 and a 3 on the challenge dice for a strong hit. And we successfully meet up with the Morian and Kaimora and Finn and the Eldarian Resistance. We lead them to a sheltered bay with some mangrove thickets and manage to hide a little bit out of the way that the Kairoti probably don't see us as far as we know as they fly up towards that island where they will not find any Sinosher Society people. And this is going to very much complicate things moving forward, but that is a problem for later. And between the second overland expedition of the other Resistance members and the crew of the Ventures exploration of the Skyward portion of the island, including Dine's Trial of the Storm, I'm going to add a couple boxes worth of progress towards the skyward portion of the expedition because i think that between the trial what dine learned when he was learning to harness this air what information may is going to be able to give us and everything else we've earned a little bit of experience so i'm going to attempt to fulfill the vow on explore gamadar finally we have five boxes filled so here goes going to attempt to fulfill this vow 
a 2 and a 5 on the challenge dice for a weak hit, so we mark a reward on our quest legacy track, but there is more to be done, obviously, because it says, or you realize the truth of your quest. Obviously, this was not perfect. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mark a reward as if the rank was one lower, because we didn't do it as well or as thorough as we'd like, but that still gets us to one full box on our quest legacies track. Which, when you fill a box on any legacy track, you get two experience, so we're that much closer to potentially being able to take that Windbinder asset that I cheatingly used earlier. And we're also going to develop our relationship with Kaimura of the Morian, who has now become kind of the connection that represents both Kaimura and Finn, but I think that we are sharing a profound moment, and we are standing with them against hardship. I think we are definitely developing this relationship as we've been trying to find a new headquarters to draw the attention away from the island of Istomavana and the relatively innocent villagers there. So we've drawn the Kairoti out to this sky island where there were just bleak mists. So in a way, this might actually work, but let's go ahead and develop that relationship. We are going to mark progress per the rank of the connection. So we get two boxes because it is only a dangerous connection. And because I want to just keep resolving these and upping the ante every single time, I'm going to roll to forge a bond. This experience has brought us closer. And it says here, when your relationship with the connection is ready to evolve, roll the challenge dice compared to your progress, which as of right now is six. So a two and a six on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we now share a bond. We mark a reward on our Bond's legacy track per the connection's rank, which for Dangerous is only two ticks, so we don't fill out that whole box yet. And we get to choose one. We can either bolster their influence, so when they aid us on a move, we get plus two instead of plus one, or expand their influence, giving them a second roll, so we get plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. We're going to expand their influence because it now represents kind of two of them. And because it was a weak hit, they ask something more of us first. To gain the bond and the legacy reward, envision the nature of their request, and do it, or swear an iron vow to see it done. And let's just roll on action theme to see what they ask of us. 82 is risk. 10 is burden. Okay. I think that Kaimura and Finn just saw Dine lead the venture back into the ocean and into this sheltered bay where they all met and are hiding from the Kairoti Dominion, and they know something is different about him. He tells them the story about his storm trial. The power, the potential in Dine is obvious. And the Morians see this as a tool to be used in the rebellion. So what they ask of him is to continue fighting the Kairoti with them. But now, Dine has full approval to continue and complete his trials as soon as possible, with the promise that he will use his powers against the Dominion to protect this island and these people. And he swears an iron vow to do this. I'm going to write this vow as aid the rebellion 
with Dine's Sorcery. I'm going to give it a rank of Formidable. I think it is less than his trials because those he's very worried about. And once he gains the ability to control them, it should make this rebellion and the fighting a little easier, ideally. And we get to add plus two to this roll because we are swearing this vow with a bond. A four plus two for a six versus two fives on the challenge dice for a strong hit with a match. You are emboldened and it is clear what you must do next. Take plus two momentum and dine looks to the skies and sees the other two sky islands that are in this stretch of the reaches in these waters. And he knows what he has to do next. And that is where we obviously end this episode. Holy crap. Awesome. Okay, that worked out better than I thought it would. Sorry for a maybe long scene challenge. And Rainy jumping in here a little later. I also realized that I was not giving myself the appropriate amount of ticks on that fight because I was treating it like it was extreme, like Explore Gamadar Sky Island, as opposed to Formidable. So that might have made it a little easier. Oops. But I love that we have now made it so Dine can pursue his goal of mastering the trials of his mystic arts as a tool to help fight in this rebellion. So I think that the structure of the next few episodes are probably going to be something like help in the rebellion, go do a trial. Help in the rebellion, go do the trial, try and shut down and complete the rebellion is that general outline. And I think that's going to be really fun to do. Since I did not get enough experience in completing my quests and tracks, my legacy tracks, to get the Windbinder asset, I'm going to go with it's okay that I used it at a weaker version. And instead, I'm going to upgrade my Sorcerer Path and take the upgrade that says you may purchase assets of a supernatural nature for one experience instead of three. So if I get two more experience, I can get two new paths of a supernatural nature representing Dine's ability to harness and master these sorceress arts. I love that. That's very cool. And once again, thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying Iron Sworn Sundered Isles. Keep your eyes peeled for the crowdfunding event that's going to be funding both digital and physical editions of this game. You'll be able to get it for yourself, either as a PDF or as a booklet, if you'd like that. There's also going to be the option to add on Starforged physical or digital editions as well with that crowdfunding event. And you can also go find pre-orders for physical copies and accessories for Starforged through Modifius's website right now. If you want to talk to me about other games or other things that are going on in the hobby or reach out to me to potentially come on an episode of Perspective Checks or give ideas for future mining media episodes, definitely reach out to me on any of the social medias. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, just joined X slash Twitter, whatever that is, and Threads, which I know almost nothing about either of those, but I'm going to try my best to be active on them. So if you are active there, give me a hand, give me a high five, say hi. 
or you can always reach out to me at rainyplaysgamespod at gmail.com. If you're feeling super generous, you can rate or review or both this podcast on whatever podcatcher of choice you use. I can't believe how every once in a while I'll just check and there's more reviews and I'm so encouraged and thankful for everybody's support so far. It means the world. So thank you. And until next time, take a second for yourself and take a deep breath.